Quests. Health Quests Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba on AM 560. The answer. It's happening all along the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan. Meaningful, life-changing moments all around the world. HealthQuest Radio goes airborne wheels up. Copy that. HealthQuest Radio proudly presents Adventures in Health with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Hi, I'm Alex, and you, well, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're listening to America's number one health news and science show. Our adventure guide, he is ready. He is the voice of integrated preventive health care in our nation today. He's the clinical director of our West Dundee offices. His story will show he is a man before his time, a real trailblazer. My friend, my partner, and my favorite radio boss, here's our host. Host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Hey, Dr. K. You doing, Alex? How are you doing? And how are you, Tomas? Hey, Dr. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Do <laughs> you think I was going to say, hey, your parents are listening from another country? This is true, yeah, Puerto yeah, Rico. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, but we're. <laughs> um, oh, happy birthday, Tim, my son, too. Oh, wow. Happy yes, birthday. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, remember this? You know, you think, um, I decided today um, that we're going to have to make a change about what we're talking about on our show today. I don't mean a change, but I'm getting tired of being trapped on the island. I don't know if you can relate. And so, like, it's my son's birthday today. Mm-hmm. And he's trapped on the island. Yeah. How many people's uh, uh, birthdays have have come and gone? And you want you know you normally do the celebration thing. Yeah. Or the weddings. Weddings yeah, yeah, have I was been about to say that. Yeah. Right. And uh, graduate gradu- graduations and graduations <laughs> and all that. And you got to you got to make light of it. I know there's money involved and precious times represented in precious memories that seem to be you know tenuous. But I think um, I want to dwell or I want to spend more time today on the upside part of it and say, what is it about any of us that we have the ability to get through, to grow through our experiences? Um, could it be that we, we already, all of us, or maybe most of us, are fully equipped with all that, that we need to get through this thing we're going through? As we have in the past, and those travesties and tribulations that will happen in our future. So, uh, welcome to our show today. We've got a two-hour show going on, first hour right now. I wonder what it takes to get to that place we call freedom. Uh, many people are talking about freedom. You know, I, I need freedom. We we need to get the we need to get the country open. And I, I have I have a sense that we need to have a freedom of another type as well, perhaps a freedom over fear, mm-hmm. and being able to say, well, what is it that we could have a freedom over fear, and what that would be representative of, 
And I played the uh, the little you know the uh, Gilgit's oh, Island thing. Castaway. Castaways. For a long, long time. A long, long time. They had to make the best of things. It's an uphill climb. Uphill climb. And so these guys, Gilgit's Island, is not unlike um, other movies that I've seen. Um, I'll give you a couple of them you might know. And, I, and these these have to, these movies have to do with s- scenarios or stories where you have a group of people, they're all stuck together. I don't mean they're stuck together like glued one person to another, but they're all in the same fix. And I think I think that that's where the Gilgan's Island uh, concept uh, came about. Uh, do you remember A Journey to the Center of the Earth? And then there was Flight of the Phoenix. I believe Jimmy Stewart was in that one. And then, and then a, a more recent movie, Alive. And then another movie, um, The Way Back. I think that's another title of another movie that relates to or pertains to a group of people together, all in a common situation. And I find it interesting and almost ridiculous when every one of these movies, including Gilligan's Island, had different characters that uh, that played different roles. So in Gilgan, you had stupid Gilgan, then you had the scientist, then you had the sex bomb, what's her name, and then you had Marianne that everybody loved, and everybody played a certain role. And every one of these movies, and more as well as you probably have your favorite you know, adventure movie where people are, are you know, castaways in some way, shape, or form... And you've got the the person who hallucinates. You got the person who's got the logic. You got the the sex bomb, and you got. I'm just saying, you've got different people playing the roles, and the movie plays out with people being loyal to the role they play. And I'm thinking about a word that may sound a little dumb, but it's a word that I think we need to use. Maybe uh, you've heard of relationships. Their relationships, yeah, and we're in a situation. So, how about if we call this a situationship, <laughs> where we have to not just deal with ourselves, but we have to deal with what's going on in the outer world because those on the outer world governing over us are telling what are telling us what to do. And some of us really, you know, want to break out of this and get going with our lives. And there are very deadly and lethal uh, complications to this whole lockdown thing. And I know you know that. But I, but I don't really want to dive too deep in that because you're already diving deep on that. I'd rather just look at it from this point of view um, with regard to this situationship, we're going to call it today. Um, how are you involved with uh, this whole thing as it pertains to your body? Like, how are you holding up, you know, in the midst of this this stressorama thing? You know, what what is your current health status? Do you know somebody someone who knows somebody or someone who's related to someone who became deadly ill of this pandemic. And maybe some of us know people who have died. And I always wonder what kind of shape any of us could be or should be in when it comes to tackling the rogue winds when they blow. Now, sometimes I I tell a story about something that happened to me, and I know you've had your adventures too, where I was flying along and the engine went out on my airplane. I knew I wasn't going to be able to land, get back to the airport. And it led to me landing somewhere else. Now, in in the time that the engine went out and the moment that I was able to land safely without damage to myself or the airplane, 
I had to go through certain phases of of mental uh, uh, situationship here <laughs> because definitely I had to keep my cool. And then you follow through with some of your training. And and you, and then the whole goal is to land safely, even though it's not a planned landing off of the airport. And I I know we've been listening to this whole pandemic and the comorbidities saying, well, what are the 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 uh, the, the presuppositions that go along with saying that the coronavirus itself is not killing that many people? It's the comorbidities. Comor- it's the cofactors. It's all the other extraneous things that you thought wouldn't score in the mix towards the negative side of the equation. And so we're actually blaming it on things like age, obesity, and as I bring up constantly are these immunosuppressant drugs that happen to be the most common of all the drugs that are prescribed in this country are those that make you more susceptible to COVID-19. And then there's the general condition of and state of your body. You know, when I was in law enforcement, I too witnessed people right after the trauma when I came onto, you know, crime scenes or traffic accidents. And, and there were many times, more times than I'd want to admit that I saw, that people were trapped in their vehicles, not because they were trapped, but because they were bewildered and in shock and in a state that they could not save themselves. They could not uh, extricate themselves from their car. It wasn't that the car was all bent up and we had to use the jaws of life to get them out. It was about their own physical and mental and emotional capabilities to extricate themselves and get themselves out of a particular car that could have caught fire. And I was witness to the death of a person who died in, in such a fire. And I wonder when it comes to us blaming this virus, to what extent, not that we want to be culpable or blame ourselves, but we would perhaps want to, to at least ask the question that what is it that has made you, what has made me, what, what has made us so susceptible, so vulnerable to this thing we call a virus. You know, where is, where is the culpability? Where is, you know, where do we take some responsibility with respect to the situation that makes us vulnerable? And then that vulnerability, that susceptibility gets us in our, our scare zone. And then when we're more fearful and anxious, and I'm going to talk about that in the second hour, I'm sensing we're not as able to inventory and assess the situation. And and with that in mind then, I think even as leaders in our country that we're now questioning, I wonder what happens there when you have those of us who are not as resourceful in our thought, we go into that scare, that apprehension, the drama that drives our brain. And all that we need to get through this is what we already have, but some of us are disconnected from the healing power that our body has, thinking it all has to be a vaccine. And here we've got all that we need.
listening to Chicagoland's longest-running health, news, and science show with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Go to healthquestradio.com. What doesn't kill you makes you believe that? <laughs> oh boy. The older generation would say that we don't we don't have any idea what true stress is all about because they came through World War II. Some of our Vietnam vets, Korean vets know all about the stress. People, third world countries, homeless. Who knows? But life really is difficult. That isn't the point. I think some of us, myself included, make our lives even more difficult than they need to be. And yet we've got a throttle cable. We've got a gas pedal. We've got a brake pedal, too. And today, maybe we do have what we need to navigate this personally for you and for me. Maybe as much as they're saying on the TV and radio, we're all in this together. You know, I, I don't totally buy into that. And and yet we're all responsible individually too, you think? Skydiving instructor Mike Robinson was about twelve thousand feet just seconds away from his fourth and final skydiving jump of the day. When a second plane carrying other skydivers struck the aircraft he was in, sending all of them, both airplanes, tumbling towards the ground. Now, this happened a few miles north of here a few years ago in uh, Superior, Wisconsin. Um, I have this on film, and it's at our, our website, healthquestradio.com. A very thought-provoking and interesting video to watch and it's let me look at our website here it's it's under hot topics and what apparently was happening the uh, two airplanes were flying in formation and not the largest of airplanes so there was only but so many skydivers a total of i believe nine people were involved in this and they would jump together so that, in a sense, they could gather and, and then, you know, fall in formation, as you've seen at air shows and such. And when you see the video, it's basically like one airplane coming in contact with the other below. Because they're both flying in the same direction. So it'd be like you being on the expressway and you've had it happen to you where the person in the next lane doesn't see you and they start to change lanes and they're kind of coming over into your lane, so then you beep at them. Last time I checked, there are no horns in any airplane I've ever flown. And this airplane that was slightly below struck the bottom part of the other airplane. And the interesting thing is that everybody on board, you know, all these skydivers have cameras on. So this is all taken from different angles from different skydivers' video cameras, this whole event that I posted here at healthquestradio.com. 
Now, I want you to view that video, not because of the drama of it. I mean, how many of us need to watch more drama? Yet how many of us are watching TV while watching high, high drama shows? You know, and people say, well, maybe we should tell more jokes at this present time in our lives. I, I can't remember them, so they're all uh, poorly delivered. Even the funniest of, of jokes. Even that's funny, what I just said, I think. Maybe not. So <clears throat> in this video, you'll get a chance to capture the moment of how people in their situation are handling a stress that basically was unplanned, a catastrophic event that happened to these people. And you'll be able to envision, you know, for three or four minutes, what the different angles were with respect to this this condition where planes colliding and you've got skydivers on board and one of the airplanes basically explodes. It's almost like you're watching a Hollywood movie. Very interesting to watch how people reacted and to think that as this happened, every person in this event not only survived, but none of them were seriously injured. Now, I, you know, they were able to walk away unscathed with one of the airplanes being able to land. I only bring this subject up because it's only a matter of time between, you know, before any of us, you know, meet our destiny with some rogue wind, some catastrophic event, some, something that happens. And as a, you know, corporately here, societally, we would say our country has, you know, has, has entered a cloud, a storm, and so we get a chance to watch how how we handle it. And for me, I got to say, I don't really appreciate the way the press is handling this. And, and a lot of what I see in our local government, especially, I don't like the management of it. But that isn't the point of it either, because they're getting a chance and we're getting a chance to observe them and watching how they're responding to their situation governing us. And we need to pray for these people and support them. We don't have to agree with them. We can take umbrage with what they're doing. And yet, again, I would say that we I question our ability to judge what we should do, even individually, if we're not as healthy as we could be. Because once our health is skewed, we're more easily drawn into fear, anxiety, and then we doubt. And I don't want to stay on this you know, all show, but I would say go to healthquestradio.com. And watch this event unfold, knowing that everybody survives, and just see what an explosive situation it is, lethal, and how people just, in their own right, because it was every man for himself, not one person saved another person. And each one of these people were had adequate training and were able to respond to this event and land safely. And I'm wondering, what are you doing right now that you will land safely? You know, to be quarantined and quarantined alone is to say, like a rabbit, you're hiding, you know, in your hole. You're hiding under a, a, a leaf and hoping that the predator doesn't see you. And I'm not saying I would do it any different if I were a, a rabbit, but hello, we are not rabbits. <laughs> we are a high order creature. And without the confidence, without the level of health, I think it causes us to go to places mentally we don't need to go. And stressful situations become even more stressful because of a comorbidity of another type, right? 
If I'm not as healthy as I can as I can be, I'm not even going to interpret the news correctly. Does that make sense? So what is it that that any of us do or even fail to do that places ourselves in greater jeopardy in this current nation scenario, this situationship we find ourselves in in this country? Now, a couple facts, and then I want to move off the subject of the corona here, because I, I know the people are over-promising uh, the, these cures. It's kind of like before we were saying, it's all about respirators. It's all about respirators. And then, uh, now we're saying it's all about testing. It's all about testing. And I'm telling you, it never was about respirators, and it's not about the testing. But can we be differentiating enough? Can we be intelligent enough? Can we be even-minded, thinking people, knowing what might be best for ourselves? Because right now, flattening the curve does not necessarily mean saving more lives or reducing infections. Flattening the curve, in my interpretation, means the same amount of people will be infected and will die. It just will take a longer period of time, and that's where some of the where some of the scuttlebutt is coming into play, where people are, you know, taking um, umbrage to what other people uh, in the health field are are saying. But like, you might want to just consider what is your position in this in this whole thing that you might say. I got to get myself healthy. I got to be doing other business in my body so that I can interpret what I see better, lower my fear, get more done with my life, because all of us are burning daylight. None of us have any additional days on our life. We don't. Stay right here. It's a Health Quest Saturday morning with me, Dr. David Kobaba. HealthQuestRadio.com. Dr. David Kolbaba, natural health care practitioner, board certified clinical nutritionist with advanced degrees in clinical nutrition. And did you know this? Dr. Kolbaba is one of only nine doctors in a whole darn state of Illinois that has attained this level of education in clinical nutrition. He's one of America's original health coaches. He is a board certified addictions professional. He is the founder and show host of HealthQuest Radio. It's HealthQuest Radio. Go to HealthQuestRadio.com. Go to HealthQuestRadio.com. All of our radio show podcasts are available in the iTunes Store. Look under Adventures in Health. Download us on your iPod and take us with you. Let's do it. Comorbidity. Did you know that the uh, same number of people will become infected with this COVID-19? And those in the news conference are telling us we're watching for that flat spot. Flat spot is what it all is. Then you get to the flat spot and then there's another carrot or whatever you want to call it. Drives me crazy. Um, 
I want to uh, touch uh, very lightly on the subject of, of herd uh, immunity. Um, the population in Iceland has seen quite a remarkable response to this COVID as compared to other areas of the world. And I know different stories come out that dramatize a particular person's point of view. But the point of, of, of herd immunity is it occurs when larger percentage of a population has developed a natural immunity to the virus. That's, that's what it's all about. And so in some cases, unbeknownst to a particular city, village, country, whatever, they were exposed without even knowing they were being exposed because of the symptoms being so light, so vague, so mild, that the body configured its own response to the virus. And when enough people respond appropriately, they end up having these antibodies. Now, I want to say something that might be a little scary, but I don't mean to to scare anybody, but I want you to know that since January, the virus has since mutated. It's not the same bug. It's not the same biologic entity. And so this thing will continue to change as all uh, biologic entities and life forms do. The, the, uh, the problem that I have is when we utilize these vaccines, vaccinations, these antibiotics, antivirals, whatever you want to call all these administrative hole-in-one um, deals, because that's how it's presented to us, right? We're waiting for the vaccine. We're waiting for the vaccine. We'll wait. Did you get the vaccine? Did you get the flu shot? And as I've said in other shows, because we've had a progression of shows, as most people would have had up till now on this whole COVID-19 thing, enough to be able to say that this thing cannot be killed and it will develop and it will develop quicker, sooner, faster, the more we keep poking at it. You see, in nature, when, when these microbes and, and viruses get pushed on, they just switch a little bit. And you see, then our immune system switches a little bit. And then they switch again and mutate. And then our biological response mechanism, it tweaks itself again. It's funny. Isn't it funny that for every predator and prey, just get this. This is so fascinating to me. Take any predator and any common prey of that predator. You would find that they're well-matched for each other with the prey being slightly faster than the predator most of the time. Get it? I mean, you can almost say, what could my beagle do against a Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> you know what I mean? There'd be no comparison, right? <laughs> but if you look at the world in the animal kingdom, for every animal that, that is sought after as, as prey to the predator... They're well-matched to each other, with one being a little stealthier than the other, a little bit quicker than the other, just a little bit this, a little bit that. And then, gotcha, the prey falls victim because he wasn't as fast as he could have been, should have been. And that's exactly and precisely the relationships that we should be having with these viruses and bacteria. But we're not, once we use drugs... We change the game. It's kind of like using the atom bomb on them. And they multiply quicker, sooner, faster than we ever could. 
Now, I'd like to get your questions. I, I do want to entertain some questions. If you want to uh, fast blast me today on the show at uh, Dr. David, Dr. David, Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. We'll open the phone lines too here at 847 844 8444, 847 844 8444 for your questions. To more on this as you know, we return because we've got lots to share with you. You see, when it really comes down to it, how well are you stocked? Not in just supplies and toilet paper, but in your body's ability to defend you against this and many others. Dr. David Kolbaba, natural health care practitioner, board-certified clinical nutritionist with advanced degrees in clinical nutrition. And did you know this? Dr. Kolbaba is one of only nine doctors in a whole darn state of Illinois that has attained this level of education in clinical nutrition. He's one of America's original health coaches. He is a board-certified addictions professional. He is the founder and show host of HealthQuest Radio. It's Dr. David Goldbaba. It's HealthQuest Radio. Go to healthquestradio.com. You listen to Dr. K, he'll get you right. Hey, again, your questions at Dr. David, Dr. David, Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. Let's go to the phone lines, and we're talking to uh, Patricia Lake County. Hi, Patricia. How are you today? Oh, I'm good, and I'm I'm just wondering, you know, I want to see my kids this weekend, but we have to figure out what we can do and to keep the distance. But you're saying that this... Um, this virus is mutating a little bit now, and why can't we just take huge amounts of vitamin C? Because it's my understanding that vitamin C kills viruses. Well, um, I'll tell you what, with your kids, your grandkids, uh, the, yeah. the drive-in in, in uh, McHenry's is open this weekend, which I find it. So the, the drive-ins are opening, so you could kind of wave at them in the next car over. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, thanks as, for that. You bet. And I know I'm hearing a lot of misinformation on the radio and TV with even doctors using the word "kill." We cannot kill a virus, uh, and that's the truth, Patricia, because they're not living; they're host dependent. They they need a living cell to live on. So if you, if the cells in the body are strong enough, then the virus can't feed on it. It cannot replicate, and that's how we disassociate or, or deactivate the virus. As far as vitamin C. There are two realms of vitamin C. One you've been hearing about would be the intravenous um, use of vitamin C along with heparin and, and, and the anti-inflammatories that uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Merrick and, and Dr. Corey talked about on our show about two, three weeks ago. It's a two-hour special we had with them called the Corona Clarity or Corona something or other. Anyhow, you have to go back and listen to that. And then there's the, uh, then there's the oral uh, vitamin C taking that we do talk about on our show, which does two different things. You cannot take enough vitamin C, ascorbic acid or ascorbates, you cannot take enough of them orally to make the same difference or to say, have the same target um, 
um, uh, targeted uh, result that you would have if you if you were given it straight in the bloodstream, and that's because the gastrointestinal tra tract cannot tolerate it. Although one of the things we do say about our vitamin C, it's very good at supporting the immune system at large because most vitamin C's, the cheaper stuff, the stuff that's more run-of-the-mill, it tends to inhibit the natural killer cell uh, activity in your body up to four hours after you take it. Now, some people read about vitamin C and they say, I got to take some vitamin C because uh, here all over the place, more and more doctors, thousands of doctors are coming forward saying that they're using vitamin C. Most of those doctors are probably doing it intravenously. When we think about the oral uh, taking of vitamin C. We're doing something different. We're doing it within the tolerance of the gastrointestinal tract, albeit it does help the body's immune system, the immune response mechanism. The vitamin C that we have called Sunny C, it's a combination of substances that really allows for the the prodding. It, it, it basically triggers the, the natural killer cells to be a little bit more active in response to in, incoming um, violators, incoming bugs. So I would definitely take vitamin C. I am doing that right now, like a lot of people are. But I would also say that only the body cures. Vaccines don't cure. We, we just don't have many cures for anything. I, don't, I think most people are misunderstanding that curative measures come from surgery, curative measures come from pharmaceuticals and such. But it, it's the body and the body alone that cures. And this for that kind of a thing is not where to go. And I would suggest what you do, though, is... Um, Give our HealthQuest Radio uh, hotline a call at 800-794-1855. When I looked at the shelves out there, Patricia, all the, yes. vi all the vitamin C C's were gone off the shelf. We were backordered on our Sunny C because people found out we had this, this different vitamin C that really works. Yeah. So if you want to give a call, I'm not sure we're, how we're stocked right now, but uh, hey. get called. Well, <clears throat> I am taking it, and oh, uh, it's... Uh, it's a it's a good brand, but okay. uh, do, are they still making buffered vitamin C? Is would that be as effective? Although I haven't seen any for well, the, a while. The the, the, perf, the purpose of anything that's buffered is to get more through your gastrointestinal tract. We have a regular dose chart that we give to patients that gives them an an, an understanding of how to to ramp up the dose to make it so that it's within the realm of your body's ability to. Uh, to absorb it and then, and then assimilate it. But remember, with all human beings, if we are ever going to take the the uh, thousands of milligrams that are given to people through the intravenous um, application, our, none of our, our guts could take it because it's so acidic. But thanks for your phone call. I appreciate it. I hope you get to uh, be with your grandkids and maybe, uh, maybe a movie tonight. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling. At number 847-844-8444, we're taking your phone calls. And you can also uh, send your question to me at drdavid, 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 healthquestradio.com. Here's a question here. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Kobaba, this might be a dumb question. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Are there dumb questions? Um, but I'd love to hear your response for the most part, what is the single most important thing we can do to minimize a COVID-19 infection? Wow, that's a loaded question. Now, last week when I was answering questions, I said they only the questions had to all be a uh, yes or no answer. But today I'm willing to discuss some things a little bit further with you. So we will head into that. Uh, we will head into that uh, question when we we. Uh, 
come back from our very short break here. Um, again, it's time for us to support our sponsors here at HealthQuest. Uh, bless them for uh, sponsoring a program like ours, 35 years running. Um, we'll talk about uh, what is my opinion on what the single most important thing that you can do to help minimize a COVID-19 infection. All this and more. Stay right here. You're listening to Chicagoland's longest-running health, news, and science show with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready to be taught the new way. Saturday morning, no mistake that uh, you've tuned into our show today. Glad to have you be with us. Um, I do want to say that um, that we've got a two-hour show today, and the second hour I'm going to talk specifically about stress and how you line up with that. You know, what is the morbidity aspect and susceptibility on your part there, too, if you've got a uh, short fuse on that. And ways that we can test you for that. I know you heard the special. We just talked about the age analysis assessment. That's one of the ways that we can ask you, hey, how do you think you're doing in life? Ah, I do pretty good with stress. Well, let's see how good you're doing when it comes to the physical body and how your body is handling the stress that you think you're you're pretty good at handling. And sometimes, obviously, people are not handling the stress or the impact of that stress is is heavier on their body than they think it is, and it's very good to figure that out. I want to get to more of your questions. Let's go to phone lines real quick and talk with uh, Jeff from uh, Elburn. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Dr. K. Here's a thought for the day. Sure. Illinois Governor Pritzker doesn't look like he gets much exercise. Ah. He was exercising tyranny, uh-huh. flexing the muscles of the state, stretching the government's reach uh-huh. of power over your life. So those are just some thoughts. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Boy, there's Jeff. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Ho-hum there. Um, Regarding the question I was just asked, because I know we've got uh, but so many. We're going to go into a second hour here, people. So stay here with us. We go through the break. But uh, the question was a dumb question, uh, but I'd like to hear your, your response. There are no dumb questions. Come on. What is the single most important thing we can do to minimize COVID-19 infection? And I got to say, you know what? Number one, we do need to talk about limiting exposure. Let's face it. If you, you know, put in a bubble, sent out into the middle of a farm field, you ain't going to get a lot of infections, including COVID-19. But we're societal beings. We've got to be with family. We've got to go to work every day. We're part of a tribe or we're, you know, part of a, you know, a community. And so we have to learn and to live within that community. So... I know that doesn't answer, but I also know that there are some pros and cons to the limiting exposure. When we limit our exposure, the biggest problem is that we cause the uh, the the exposure. The what, what happens? It prolongs the because of leapfrogging. It prolongs the infection at whatever span of time that it requires to begin and leave with nonspecific symptoms of this particular infection, it makes understanding and perceiving who has it and who doesn't makes it very difficult. So that's why I think the powers that be just said, hey, quarantine, let's everybody separate, minimize the effect. But as I said at the beginning of the show, when you're minimizing the effect to a limited amount of people, essential workers like myself and such, then basically you're delaying the exposure to the other people when they come out and play. 
you know, the typical person, non-essentials, when they get back to work, they're going to be exposed just like the essential uh, workers are exposed right now. So some people in the scientific community say, let's all jump in the pool. Let's all get exposed equally. And I, and again, I'd have to say that the coronavirus has, has been the whipping boy for many people in the health community, telling us uh, that more deaths have occurred from the coronavirus than have actually uh, infected and caused the death of the people that would have died anyway. And so, and you know, I have look at the startling statistics of other causes of death, congestive heart failure, et cetera, that aren't happening now because those deaths are being attributed to the, to the um, COVID-19. Um, I do want to hear more uh, from you uh, regarding questions in the next hour. Uh, Dr. David, Dr. David, Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. I do... Uh, I do want to talk about some of the simplest choices or options that you could make regarding uh, this thing. And then once infected, what are the pros and cons? What do you do? What can you do beyond what you're hearing in the news? This whole thing has to be customized based on specific vulnerabilities or variabilities. You know, those comorbidities that that you have in you. And uh, all this more is a HealthQuest Saturday morning. You stay right here, okay? Okay, we'll be back on the other side of news. Dr. David Kolbaba, natural health care practitioner, 32 years and counting. He is a board-certified clinical nutritionist with advanced degrees in clinical nutrition. And did you know this? Dr. Kolbaba is one of only nine doctors in a whole darn state of Illinois that has attained this level of education in clinical nutrition. He's one of America's original health coaches. He is a board-certified addictions professional. He is the founder and show host of HealthQuest Radio. I've learned to think without arguing with myself. I'm just following my instincts. I just run with it. Hmm. All right. Glad to have you be with us on this Saturday morning, hour number two here at HealthQuest Radio with me, Dr. David Kolbaba. And now we've got to get the information coming at us. Give it to me. <laughs> That's what she's singing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you so, go. If the Arrest me. If it's against the law, arrest me. Okay, that's it. Uh, some people are thinking we've got to get ourselves free here in this country, get ourselves moving. And uh, there's some truth to that. I think we've got to get back to what we're used to doing for Pete's sake. Come on, everybody, let's get going. So we are following the lead of somebody, and you say, well, I hope they know enough and I hope they have enough information that what they're telling us is accurate. I'm finding quite a lot of conflict in what I'm hearing, and I think the driven and tossed aspect of living when it comes to confusion is uh, running rampant right now in our country, and it really, really bothers me. But that's something that each of us as individuals have to handle, and this is a stressful time. And I think that stress brings out stress. You know how they say, you know, you're wondering what you're made of, that the challenges of life bring out the strengths and weaknesses. And I think that it's all about what we talked about in our first hour, and that is uh, understanding how to respond to these life stresses and, and say, well, how do I line up in this particular uh, aspect, this, uh, 
situationship, as I call it, that we're finding our, our ourselves in. You know, what 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 position are you in that makes you more vulnerable to the the news? And and I'm noticing with the patients that I'm treating in our office that they're they're on they're on target, they're on track. They don't have the fear that I see speaking with other people in the general population. I I don't see that. I get the 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 impression that when people are at work getting healthy and people who are restoring their health, people who are living at higher health levels, they don't fall to the the stress and the drama of even what we're hearing from our news media. You know, uh, over the past few weeks, we've been covering some things we can do to improve. Uh, last couple of weeks, we were talking about what we could do more of that would be healthy, what we could do less of and be healthier too. I mentioned one of the um, choices we can make is to drink more water. And we mentioned um, last week, I believe, uh, talking about the lack of water uh, hampers our body's ability to produce melatonin. Now, people know melatonin as being something, well, I can fall asleep because normally I can't fall asleep. And a common question I ask patients all the time, do you sleep through the night? And and people think, well, other than going to the bathroom, yeah, I sleep through the night. Well, yeah, other than an earthquake and, you know, I, I anyhow, the whole point is sleeping through the night means you fall asleep and you remain sleeping until the break of day. Get it? It's not about getting up six times to urinate and then that's normal. Come on. So I was mentioning that the lack of water hampers our body's ability to produce melatonin. And then so people then run off and get their melatonin, thinking that that'll stave off their sleeplessness. Sleeplessness. Yeah, that's what I meant to say with the nessness. But it, but it doesn't have to be. And we also mentioned that hormone unto itself is a natural hormone produced in the body in adequate amounts to facilitate, facilitate deep sleep. Um, but as we become deficient in our water drinking, melatonin cannot be produced in proper amounts due to the ever-present water shortage in our body. And so the body knows how to compensate for that, and the other people out there selling us melatonin know how to compensate too, buy their melatonin from them. And then what really basically happens in the cell job is we're told when you're over a certain age, your body doesn't produce the melatonin, so thus you need to take melatonin. And I, I find it really uh, frustrating when I hear people fall to that who are then having sleep issues. They take melatonin. Now, I'm going into the uh, subject of stress right now, but I wanted to hook up with this word melatonin because I'm mentioning that if we were to drink more water, not just during this time, but all the time, water, not orange juice, not Red Bull, not coffee, not 7-Up or Coke. If we were to drink straight H2O, more melatonin will be made by the body at any age. And, you know, when you take melatonin, you basically, through a natural feedback me mechanism, you cue the body, you radio to the body that it's making too much melatonin. And then the body shuts down even further the production of melatonin. So then there's you dehydrated when it comes to H2O. And at the same time, taking an exogenous dose of melatonin. And so your body shuts it all down. And then you wonder why so many of our grandparents have sleepless nights. And of course, they're being given sleeping pills and everything else, which we'll talk about in just a bit. So my question, because sleep disorders in this country are the highest they've ever been in percentage along with anxiety and depression 
And I want to talk about how we can uh, deal with that in a subject on stress in a moment. But I want to mention, could this be the cause of most of our sleep disorders in this country today when it comes down to just H2O? So remember, water, pure water, H2O, it's, you know, I'm telling you, it will produce the right quantity of not only melatonin, but eating uh, drinking adequate amounts of water allows our body to produce the right amount of blood cells and other immune response cells, which we all wish we had a more adequate supply of in this pandemic that we're all going through. It also allows these response cells to patrol your body and be more vigilant and 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 being able to react to any incoming infectious uh, bug that and that includes viruses too. So if you're the kind of person who's getting uh, frequent illnesses, you know if it's going around coming around, I'm gonna get it. You're probably not drinking enough water, and I'd have to tell you that categorically speaking, Americans are not drinking enough water, and water is no longer the most common liquid uh, consumed in this country. Um, I wanted to get now to the to a substance we call serotonin and how this relates to your body's immune system too, because all of us are going through a certain amount of stress now because um, our typical lifestyle, as crazy as it is in the in the main, is is different now, and so we interpret that as another stress because I can't do what I normally do. Um, so we're going to go a little deeper today. I'm going to see if you can hang on uh, as we go a little deeper here. I know that um, that our HealthQuest listeners are 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 more savvy, so it may be perfect for you uh, to dive into the subject of serotonin. You see, serotonin is the second most common neurotransmitter found in, the, uh, in our bodies. And insufficient levels are found in people who suffer from depression and anxiety. And I think about depression and anxiety are, are skyrocketing, and it was, it was skyrocketing before COVID-19. And so I, I don't really think um, with the overuse and abuse of our drugs uh, that we couldn't hide the symptoms better, but we 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 don't. And, and you see, serotonin acts um, as a neurotransmitter that relays signals from one area of the brain to the other. You know, the brain, like a human body, has to communicate with itself. Interesting that while some serotonin is produced in the brain, over ninety percent of serotonin is produced in our intestinal tract. And then, you see, it migrates to the brain to do its job there. And we talk a lot on our show, just in the, in the straightened level, about how important our intestinal tract is and how 80% of our body's immune system is located there. And in this time of frustration and stress, we would say, I got a question for you. Um, because some people have more time off now, would we say categorically which one are Americans doing a better job? Okay, here it is. Are we Americans doing a better job at walking more? Because I've got the time. I'm saving 40 hours a week plus a half hour to an hour you know, commute. So that's giving me at least 45 hours that I didn't have before per week. Am I walking? Am I doing a better job walking and burning energy in this thing called walking or some comparable uh, movement? Or am I, am, are we as Americans during the same time frame, are we doing a better job at eating more food? That's my question, eating more food. Which one? Which one of those two do you think Americans are doing a better, I'm not saying 
you know, eating more food is good. I'm just saying, which one are we doing a better job at? Eating excessively even more food? Or are we doing better at walking and burning that energy before we eat the food? What do you think? I know what my answer is. And that adds to the stress too. And that adds to the stress of our intestinal tract. And so today we're going to follow this serotonin thing down. We're going to, we're going to follow it down. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you an idea of how we can help the body produce serotonin and get a better defense mechanism going in our body. And at the same time, mentally have a better way of interpreting the news we get on a day-to-day basis. No matter how good or or bad the the news is, we'll be able to interpret it better and take more responsibility for what decisions we make, not only today, but tomorrow. And I'm saying individually. Now, those of us who are parents, you're leading your family. And so your health um, is important because the health of your kids is contingent on the decisions that you're making right now. And I know business people are making decisions whether they should open or not, or if they should follow what the guidelines and the government's getting ready to tighten up on their end and turn it in, you know, conform it from a guideline to something else that's even more um, ominous, like maybe a law. (laughs) It gets all scary, doesn't it? Well, we're going to move into serotonin even deeper and why it's so important to you, but you got to stay right here, okay? Okay. We're all going to die, aren't we? Uh, no. <laughs> no. If Tell me we, who's going to die and who's not. If, We're all going to die, aren't we? Uh, no. No. If Tell we, me who's going to die and who's not. Tell, me, tell we, me who's going to die and who's not. <laughs> Do you know? I didn't get to the very end. Yeah, we got to keep a level head, don't we? The ability to do that, though, has a lot to do with serotonin. We said that it's the second most uh, common neurotransmitter found in the body. Insufficient levels are found in people who suffer from depression, anxiety, uh, uh, obsessive, compulsive, all kinds of things. Um, the whole point is is that serotonin needs to get to the brain. 90% of it is not made in the brain. It's made somewhere else. It's made in our intestinal tract. So picture the two items we're talking about. Serotonin, which is so important to defend against depression and anxiety, which really basically means having a pleasant sense about yourself, a joyous interpretation of your life versus one of gloom and doom. It requires serotonin. And on the other hand, in the same intestinal tract, we have posted most of our immune response mechanism is there. Now, let's say we're overeating and we're overeating bad food. We're really screwing around with our body's ability to make the serotonin and we're messing up our our ability to defend against foreign invaders. You see, in the small intestine, the amino acid tryptophan is converted into a, 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 a little bit, it swages into a thing we call 5-HTP. And then this 5-HTP is converted into serotonin and that's where it happens. And then serotonin in our intestines is influenced by the quality of microbes that are living in your gut. So you say, even when we're making serotonin in our gut, like we're supposed to, which most of us are not, they're affected by the 
bugs that live in our gut. And as we say here at HealthQuest, there are more microbes that live in our body than make up our own body cells. Get it? There are more of the microbes that are living in us as landlords than make the bricks the cells of our body. Some 70 to 90 uh, cells make up our body, the bricks and mortar, and some three, 400 trillion cells or microbes are those bugs that live in us. Healthy bugs in our intestines optimizes healthy levels of serotonin. Healthy bugs in our intestines influences our mood. Unhealthy bugs in our intestines limit the production of serotonin and thus accounts for the mood shifts that we see in each other, the the depression, the anxiety, the obsessive compulsive disorders. Think about it. How does one create, or maybe, as I would say here, grow more healthy microbes in our intestinal tract? Because there are more of them than are us, right? Well, I know you might be thinking probiotic right? That's the latest game in town. You hear countless commercials on probiotics each and every day. The problem with probiotics, even the best probiotic in the world, cannot overcome a poor diet. So you can't live like the devil, eat like a slob, take your probiotic and hope that you're going to make a difference. You, you have to get that. There are no quick fixes. There is not a vaccine coming. I'm telling you, they may call it a vaccine, but it's going to be just as ineffective as other vaccines have been in the, in the past. A poor diet and excessive food eating, which we talked about last couple of weeks, what you could do more to help your immune system and what you could do to help it if you did it less. We mentioned stop eating so much food because a poor diet, the selection of food you eat, or even the best of food that you could eat if you're overeating it, both of those do more damage than any probiotic can repair. In other words, the negative effect of poor eating or overeating is overwhelmingly more harsh to our body's ability and overwhelms our body's ability to compensate for it. And this explains why so many chronic degenerative diseases are on the rise in this country today. Because our body is not catching up. It's falling back. It's falling behind. And it's becoming affected by the foods we eat. That's why premature aging is, is so rampant. And when I say premature aging, I mean people going through menopause too early, adult onset diseases happening and occurring in younger and younger people. Our kids are going through puberty at eight years old instead of 14. Those are just some of the remnants, infertility being what it is. And see, Going back to tryptophan, the precursor of serotonin, tryptophan is an essential amino acid. That means you, our body cannot make it. It has to be obtained through our diet. So we need to eat to get some of this stuff. And you're eating the Ho-Hos and the Doritos. Just remember, anything that ends in O is bad. <laughs> Oreos, Doritos. What about chips? Okay, chippos, we'll call them. I don't know what there you want to say. <laughs> But tryptophan has to be taken in through your diet. It, it can't be made in the body. Or you need to supplement. Now, why would you care about serotonin? Well, we already said that 
low serotonin levels in the brain is synonymous with depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorders, all kinds of things, fit and anger, all that stuff. But, you know, serotonin per se is related to the growth of your bones or the inability for you to keep your bone density because it regulates it. It regulates your mood. Serotonin regulates your appetite. It tells you when to start and when to stop. It controls, to an extent, your libido, your sex drive, your ability to sleep, the ability for you to dream and have memories. You know, you ever have a person says, I loosen up once I have a couple of glasses of wine. I'm pretty inhibited, so I need some wine. And then I kind of loosen up a little bit. I'm kind of inhibited. Yeah, I don't like being around people, but have some wine, and then I'm okay. It's serotonin that allows you to be appropriate in that social behavior in those settings without the use of wine. It's serotonin that allows you to have the inhibition you need to have. It also tends to control the flow of our thoughts. In contrast with those of us who have muddled thoughts. Oh, my mind is racing all day. I can't keep my mind on stuff. It goes here and there. I can't focus. It's serotonin that allows us to focus our thoughts in contrast to those of us, you know, who have the crazy, crazy brain or maybe the chaos in our brain, perhaps even accounting for obsessive compulsive disorders, the racing thoughts and the anger issues we see, the outbreaks of, the road rages, as well as the people we know in our life that we, the older generation here, we say, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Why do we say a mountain out of a molehill? That person probably has a serotonin issue. It's serotonin that allows our heart to work efficiently. If we have higher adequate amounts of serotonin, it accounts for how we awaken in the morning and, and awaken, awakening with the, enough energy to live through the whole day, 16 hours a day. While low levels of serotonin accounts for the inability to sleep. And there's got to be a balance between the levels of serotonin that allows us to go into what is known as our REM sleep. Because as we awaken from the deeper sleep, it's serotonin that allows us to go into what you might say are those dreams. And people without dreams have health issues. It's known in the health community. That's why we do sleep studies. Serotonin is really important. We're going to talk more on it as we go through today's show. You can still call me with your questions at Dr. David, Dr. David, Dr. David at healthquestradio.com. We'll open the phones back up again. 847-844-8444. That's 847-844-8444. It's something we could do. You and I stay right here. It's a HealthQuest Saturday morning with me, Dr. David Kobaba. Dr. David Kolbaba, natural health care practitioner, board-certified clinical nutritionist with advanced degrees in clinical nutrition. And did you know this? Dr. Kolbaba is one of only nine doctors in a whole darn state of Illinois that has attained this level of education in clinical nutrition. He's one of America's original health coaches. He is a board-certified addictions professional. He is the founder and show host of HealthQuest Radio.
It's Dr. David Goldbaba. It's HealthQuest Radio. Go to healthquestradio.com. Let's do it. Go to healthquestradio.com. tell you what, sometimes I think we feel that uh, things are a little bit upside down, don't we? You know, but that's why we've got to cut out some sanity for ourselves. The first um, the first hour we talked about uh, something I posted at healthquestradio.com. It's a catastrophic event that occurs when two airplanes that are uh, traveling in formation together with skydivers on board and one plane contacts the other and the and there's an explosion and the wing falls off and both airplanes are going down and every person on board that airplane has a camera on a video camera that's rolling and everybody survives unscathed and it's just interesting watching how each of those people handled their own personal dilemma because each of them had to pull the ripcord one of the pilots was not planning on skydiving that day, right? The other pilot was able to land one of the airplanes safely. So you got a pilot who's probably the least prepared to jump, still had to jump. What ran through his mind? That he had the ability to do so. And as I mentioned the first hour as well, I've showed up at accident scenes, crime scenes, and I've seen people, even bystanders, in shock. And as the bystanders are sitting there locked in their boots, not able to help, not able, able to come to the help of a, a person in need. I've seen people who needed to move in the direction for self-need and yet were trapped, incapacitated by their own inability to respond to the situation. And one of the things I say to some of my female uh, patients when it comes up, and I say something like this, I want you to be... in good enough shape that you can outrun a fight a kidnapper i want us to have the resilience be robust enough to be able to stave off the attack and and so many of us in this latest pandemic are feeling so vulnerable because of comorbidities and i am saying those far-reaching morbidities those variables those vulnerabilities those susceptibilities all relate to the negative side of the equation making you more susceptible more vulnerable to the attack. And that's why some people in the stats are dying. Some of the people who are infected have very light symptoms. Some people that are infected have no symptoms. Some people get exposed, but they don't get infected. Where do the variabilities lie? In some of those things we control. And I got on the subject of of serotonin being a neurotransmitter produced in your gut, then it travels to the brain and allows for us to have an even-tempered disposition. It lets us inventory a situation before it happens. And I mentioned how 
Instead, in this country, we use antidepressants, the monoamine oxidase inhibitors, the MAOIs, as you know, you know, Zelopar, Marplan, and, and Parnate. And if we're not going to give you that, we'll give you the SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, like Prozac, Paxil, Zoloft, Xanax, you know, things like that. These are all designed to keep serotonin from being disassociated or removed. And which is good. But if you're eating too much food, something more basic than a chemical, something more basic to your eating habits that will build your immune system and make it more robust and better able to defend you against nothing. And one of the things I love what we're doing here on our show, you know, I don't know what I love about our show. The coaches we give you here are not just, you know, species specific to the COVID, but for everything, including diseases. Because when your body, when the construct of your biome, the bugs that live in your gut are where they need to be, that you will produce the highest defense system that you could ever want to have, regardless of your age, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, doesn't matter. It's going to be operating copacetically. And you're going to be producing the right amount of serotonin that can migrate to the brain without a sleeping pill. It's great when you think about how it works. If we could have a better efficiency of our heart function, better sex drive, able to dream again, have our minds not be so muddled, not have the anger outbursts that we have or the confusion that we seem to have when we you know, start to read, we fall asleep. These are all suggestive of, of serotonin is- issues. And serotonin also dances with melatonin because serotonin actually helps to build supply of melatonin naturally too. I know we need to take a break. I'm going to do a no-no when we come back. I'm going to play a song that the words are irresistibly interesting and I hope and pray that these words will be a blessing to you during this time to suggest that you have all you need, that we have all we need. Even those of us who are incapacitated to some extent, we have more potential in what we can do if we only started building into that potential as some of us in our conscience know we should. Stay, Stay with me, would you? Okay. All of our radio show podcasts are available in the iTunes store. Look under Adventures in Health. Download us on your iPod and take us with you. All that you need. Sometimes I think uh, most of us think we don't have enough. Some of the those in the world community say that we are users here in this country, and perhaps to an extent we are. And my wish for us is that we could, you know, just settle down just a bit, be thankful for what we do have. We don't have to wait for Thanksgiving, Christmas, or Easter. There's a song, it's my son uh, Tim's birthday today. And I, I sent him the lyrics of this song. 
and I was thinking when I saw the song and sung the lyrics, I thought, I gotta, I gotta play, I gotta play this on the show. The, the 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 taboo for AM anymore is playing music, right? That's all we had when we were kids is 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 AM radio, and so that's what we're gonna do now. AM radio coming at you. Um, this song is uh, titled "My Wish" by Jeffrey Steele. Here are the couple words that come out of it that that mean a lot to me. I hope the days come easy and the moments pass slow. And each road leads leads you where you want to go. And if you're faced with a choice and you have to choose, I hope you choose the one that means the most to you. And if one door opens to another door closed, I hope you'll keep walking till you find that window. My wish for you is that this life becomes all that you want it to be. Your dreams stay big and your worries stay small. You never need to carry more than you can hold. And while you're out there getting where you're getting to, I hope you know somebody loves you and wants the same things too. I think we just could lean back a little bit. Yeah, that's my wish. Never look back, but you never forget all the ones who love you. I hope that you'll always forgive and you'll never regret and that you'll help somebody every chance you get. And I listen to words like this and I go, wow, such powerful words that I hope the days come easy. Easy as in ease, easy. And the moments, the good ones, pass slow. Don't you want the great things to pass slow? When you're having a good time, you say, boy, I hope this never ends. It's such a good feeling that we have. And you'd say, I'll stay here. It's what it's all about. My wish. I hope the days come easy and the moments pass slow. And each road leads you where you want to go. And if you're faced with the choice and you have to choose, I hope you choose the one that means the most. Stay small, you never need to carry more than you 
HealthQuest Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning. Don't know how many two-hour shows we're going to have uh, in the future, but we're always here at uh, 11 o'clock, uh, AM 1160 WYLL, AM 560 WIND, Chicago. I got to tell you, um, I know we all want to be encouraging to each other, but I know we're not. Some of us can't help it. It's a serotonin thing. Now, some of what you hear on our show on a week-to-week basis, 35 years now, is about having ways that you can improve your health from at home. And yet there's a thing called accountability, and that's one of the reasons why we have our office in uh, East Dundee there, and why we treat people just like you, and why you don't need to be sick to be a part of our family, and why we have resources like this radio show that we have backlogged thousands of shows or whatever that you can go and learn some things on the run. But I find a distinct difference in the people we treat in our office once they embark on their adventure as compared with those that I contend with when I go out into the general public where there's a lot of fear, animosity, scare, anger, anguish, discouragement, malaise, purposelessness. The people in our office are those who are on top of things. They're working to become healthier. And just to show you how on top of things they are, in this country, the average percentage kept appointment stat that most doctors enjoy is about 58%. 58% of the people that make an appointment show up for their appointment in this country. And I think a lot of those, a substantial portion of those people, are going to go see the doctor today because they got to get a refill on their, on their prescriptive medication. That is so repulsive to me for those people who are being treated with pharmaceuticals that may not have to be, but that's 
but that's all we do in this country. And the people that are being treated in our clinic, those friends of ours who are wanting more in life and trusting their body more than they do a pharmaceutical or trusting their body a little bit more than they trust a surgical procedure that, that, that may not be necessary. Our percentage kept appointments in our office last week was 100%. Just last week. And, and just running the last few weeks, I'll just run the days. Here they are. 100, 93, 100%, 100, 100%, 100, 93%, 100, 100, 100, 100%. The whole month of April was 98%. These people know what they're doing. They're not driven by fear. They're driven by a sense of certainty, by a sense of faith that they have in, the, in their body and maybe in the one above. I'm not sure exactly to what extent people utilize these different modalities, but I can say that you may need to be a part of our team beyond the cookbooking, beyond doing some things at home where there's more accountability. Now, you can call our HealthQuest radio hotline right now, make yourself available of the age analysis assessment and the adrenal stress index test that we're talking about today because it'd be good to have that appraisal to see how you're stacking up with, with how you think you are, how quickly you're aging versus the reality of how quickly you really are aging, the impact of your life. What is it having upon itself? That number again is 800-794-1855, 800-794-1855. You can email me at drdavid, drdavid, drdavid at healthquestradio.com. Go to healthquestradio.com and uh, see that video. Uh, watch those people respond. Until now, let yourself respond by calling 800-794-1855. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Next week. Be blessed. <laughs>